And welcome back to another episode of the Labari Media Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph Curry. So on today's show, we have a very special guest. We talked to Molly Jensen. She is the CEO of Afropods. It's a basically African podcast platform, which is trying to make podcasts in Africa a little more popular than it is. So we had a discussion about podcasts in general, about what's happening in the industry, how are podcasters monetizing, and basically what's happening, who are the up-and-comers, what's going on. It was a really good conversation. Um, podcasting is growing big in Africa. It's a uh, podcast that's coming up almost every day or every week. So it's interesting to see where this goes. So we just had a nice little chat about podcast, and it was very enjoyable. Hope you guys like it. Welcome back to the Labari Media Podcast. So, on today's show, we have Molly from Afropods. Hi, Molly. Hey, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here today. Awesome, awesome. And I think before we start, I think it's best to let our audience know who exactly you are and what Afropods do. So, can you just give a brief introduction? Sure. Well, hi, everyone. My name is Molly, and I'm the CEO of Afropods. We are a free Pan-African podcast hosting platform, and we're based in Nairobi, Kenya. So we host content, we distribute it to your favorite listening sites, and we give you statistics and analytics on your podcast. Awesome, awesome. So I wanted to have you on today's show just to ask you basically about podcasting in Africa. I think because podcasting is slowly growing, I don't think we've even reached like, we've barely scratched the surface when it comes to podcasting. And I think recently you did you did a kind of a piece with Tap Magazine to just kind of talk to different podcasters in different African countries. So I just wanted to get your take on this about basically what it, what how is podcast growing in Africa? Like what are the latest trends that you see in Africa at the moment? Sure, and you have been doing your research. So Tap <laughs> Magazine is a Pan African magazine that's run by this man from Rwanda. And he invited me to be a guest editor-in-chief for a podcasting edition. And I told him that I wanted us to do this takeover, and I would be happy to do it, as long as we had as much visibility and representation as possible. And to me, that meant as many podcasters as we could get, as many countries, including French for our French-speaking Africans, and to make sure that we had an inclusive document that was for people who are truly interested on the podcasting ecosystem here in Africa. So what that meant is you're either born on the continent, you live on the continent, you do work on the continent, but you're not reading this magazine to learn what's happening with podcasting globally. You're reading this magazine to know what's happening in podcasting in Africa. And echoing your point, we are definitely in an early phase of podcast adoption. I think it's happening quickly, but we're also creating the ecosystem and building it together. So using other literary works in order to validate what we're doing, getting over 80 podcasters, writing credits, getting 18 countries mentioned, that feels really, really massive. And I'm very proud of it. 
Nice. So with the guest editing for the magazine, what were some interesting things that you found about when you're doing talking to different podcasters in different African countries? What were some interesting podcasters or podcasts that you found out? Sure. I mean, I think what's really exciting is that you have some things that are unique and different, but then you have a lot of things that are the same. So everyone was really excited to be recognized. Everyone is excited to have their voice heard and to be able to take up space. And I was really excited about that. But when you talk about the differences, I mean, people had different ways of doing things, whether it was engaging their audience or community or how they generate money, whether it's a live event or merch or working with advertisers. And then specifically, I think that you know, recognizing that languages are different, whether it's you're speaking in a a local dialect of the national language, like Seng is a dialect of Swahili here in Kenya, or if you're speaking in French because you live in Senegal or you are um, from Burundi or a different country. So I think that the differences I saw were primarily geographical and in terms of the available resources, whether it was access to studios, et cetera. But there was more similarities than differences, if I'm being honest. Hmm. That's, uh, that's interesting. I think you mentioned about monetization. I think we'll do a more deep dive on that. But before we go into that, I wanted to find out from you, when it comes to podcasting, like what are the different genres that are currently happening right now? Because I know that when podcasts started in Ghana, for instance, most of the conversations were more about you know, the environment, you know, gossip, things like that. But what are the currently the hot like genres that are currently coming up in the ecosystem of podcasting? Sure. And we're keeping the context to Africa, correct? Or globally? Yeah, that's correct. Okay. Yes, just Africa. Well, I think that right now what you're seeing as there are more people becoming podcasters and more people becoming podcast listeners is that there are tons of conversational podcasts. And I think that's due to the fact that there are lower barriers to entry. So people will get together with their friends or just a friend and they will have a conversation, record it as simply as on their phone or on their computer and distribute it. That's still the easiest way to create a podcast and the most popular way. I think then secondly, we're seeing interview style podcasts. So people getting guests on their pods, having questions and having a dynamic discussion that way. But I think that there are multiple different genres. One that I'm extremely excited about is investigative journalism. There are some incredible journalists out there producing high quality content. The work out of Nation Media is incredible. James Smart does an amazing job. But you're seeing those type of conversations happen or or highly researched pieces of audio work. And I think we're also seeing this informative podcasting genre kind of emerge, whether it's people who are looking to learn information or learn tips and tricks and how to be better at whatever they're looking to study, you're seeing people kind of engage in that way. And um, a podcast that does really well in that, I think, is The Flip, for instance. They do a lot of interviews, but also they you learn a lot about the tech ecosystem on the continent. So I kind of remember when I used to listen to podcasts to learn, and I remember listening to DigiDay, and I was listening to a podcast with the CEO of the time of Complex Networks, 
and I considered it a tech podcast, but it was also to learn. So those type of things are successful as well. Sorry, such a winded answer. <laughs> no worries. I think that's a really good insight. Because you said, like, most podcasts started with conversations and now they're jumping into more, like, expensive genres like investigative journalism. I think I want to find about, because with podcasting, you know, it's not a cheap endeavor. You know, as you said, you know, it's about studio time, recording equipment, things like that. Now that podcasting is kind of, I guess, on the up climb in the African region, what what are you seeing as in terms of monetization? I know that we're not like currently as mature like maybe the U.S. market where they have lots of sponsors and everything. But are we seeing more brands and companies kind of looking at podcasts for, as a new medium for advertising? Oh, for sure. It's such an exciting time to be a podcaster on the continent. I think that anyone who is in the podcasting industry at this point is truly a pioneer in digital audio on the continent. It's really, really exciting. And what I mean by that from a monetization perspective is you're seeing these early adopters start to figure out how to generate income. And that means having ticketed live events that are selling out across the continent, whether it's live shows in Nigeria with uh, silent disco headphones or selling out the national library or museum in Kenya to having a sold out tour in Zambia. I think that the continent is showing that people are willing to pay to see their favorite creators in this sense, podcasters live. Additionally, on top of that, what we're seeing is people are selling merch, whether it's shirts or hats or any stickers, anything. People are generating income that way. There are some large podcasters that are getting advertising dollars, working directly with some brands. I'm not sure if it's across their entire platforms, like their social media, et cetera, or if it's on them as influencers. But podcasts themselves are seeing people have spoken, host-read ads inserted, which is really exciting. And I think with Afropods or with your host, you're given the opportunity to monetize. Uh, we do something called dynamic ad insertion, and also we help podcasters get host-read ads. But I think that what you have to remember is that there aren't any platforms right now that are paying African creators at the moment, and it's because it's very hard. So we're really vocal, or I can say I'm really vocal about the fact that African creators need to get paid, African creators should be taking up space, African content is valuable and important. And I think that as we continue to collectively knock on this door and let people know that this content is valuable, we will continue to see advertisers looking in this space. We know that advertisers have a 10% budget on new media where they're looking to engage in different ways to attract audience and understand what's out there. So monetization is a viable opportunity. People are making money off of live shows. People are making money off of selling merch. People are making money working directly with advertisers. And yes, more advertisers are entering the space and definitely curious about what's going on. Great. I like the fact that you talked about your dynamic ads for your Afropods. Yeah, I think in the African continent, radio is still a big deal, but Funny enough, was as far as trying to get the numbers as far as radio listeners, I don't know how, like, I don't know how radio stations actually get those numbers. But I know with podcasts, you can get analytics on the back end because you know who's tuning in, 
know, maybe for a listing at a time. So with that, with that regard, do you think that the fact that we have analytics with podcasting, that could help more with advertisers get more advertisers on board to advertise on shows? Yes, I think that it's interesting you bring that up. So we also do this thing called Broadcast to Podcast where we memorialize radio and basically make it on demand. So your content is then uploaded to Afropods and they distribute it to your favorite podcast listening service. So radio stations are basically estimates of how many people are listening. They have those numbers. Whereas to your point earlier, podcasts, you know exactly when they're listening, you know, when they drop off, you know how long they've listened. Um, and those statistics can get really granular. And I think that what we're seeing is that we know that more podcast listeners are highly engaged with the content that they choose. So it's really exciting in that moment, but that radio podcast line that connects the two, I think we're still figuring it out. I think that what you can really say is that Africa is a continent with a strong audio culture. And as the fastest digital growing continent in the world, you are going to see audio that is digital pickup as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, that definitely makes sense because again, we're kind of a very young audience and also um, audio is a very big deal. As far as music, I think podcasting is coming a very, very big factor now. Um, again, because podcast again is still growing, and, but we noticed that some podcasts are creating networks, basically kind of having a collection of different podcast shows I know in Ghana, we have the Gold Coast Network, which is like one of the biggest podcast networks. Are you seeing other, like the same trends in other African countries when it comes to groups or collectives coming together to create a network of podcast shows? Oh, for sure. Well, first of all, I love the content that comes out of Gold Coast Report. I think they do a really, really good job. And there are networks across the continent. You specifically asked about South Africa. So there's a really well-known podcaster down there called Mac G. He has, um, I think it's Mac G and Chill, the network. Mm -hmm. And they have some of the most popular podcasts in South Africa on it. They had a live event for their 1 million subscribers on YouTube, I think they reached. It was a milestone like that. And it was incredible. It looked, it looked amazing. Completely sold out. Huge moment for podcasting on the continent, huge moment for that network, huge moment for those creators. So, yes, we are seeing networks develop. We're also seeing podcasters band themselves together as communities within themselves and organize that way. Yeah, that is, it's always interesting because you mentioned the, the live podcast. Nowadays, people are now there into, you know, ticketed events, which is interesting because I didn't think we'd get this fast as far as doing live tours, like live events and stuff. Do you think that's like the way forward as far as monetization especially? Because nowadays people are selling ticket events in Nigeria and even Ghana here. Do you think that trend will continue in the, in the long term? I think that we are seeing a trend right now of live events. I do think that it's likely as podcasters develop their audiences that they will want to engage with their fans. So there's always going to be that human element and potential of live events. I do think that podcasting, if you look at the West, 
is becoming more global and more respected. And even their podcast stage is being built at some of these huge festivals, like the Roots Festival, for instance. And I think that you can see a micro live event of just 10 people or thousands of people. So I don't think it's just continent related. I would almost say it's kind of industry related that people like to meet people who engage with their content. But I do see from a, you know, revenue generating perspective that live events could be the fastest way to do it once you've developed your audience. And also, you know, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're not just doing this for yourself. There's someone on the other end listening to your content. There's someone who cares. And it's nice to have that kind of respect and credibility and frankly, trust, because that's what you have as a podcast host. People trust you for information, for entertainment, for content, for stories, for interviews. And I think that people want to share that with their audience live. So long answer to say, I think that live events will stay. I don't think that it's a short-term trend. I do think we've seen more of them in the recent year, 2023. And I'm excited to see how podcasting continues to grow. Nice. Yeah, I think you mentioned the fact that nowadays podcasters want to connect more with audiences. I think we're also seeing a shift in the audio visual element. You know, more people are now doing recording, like video recordings of their podcast shows. That's an, also another interesting trend. Like, are you seeing more podcasters also go like both audio and video now? Well, yes is the short answer there are podcasters are excited to share their content and i think a lot of people engage with podcasts from a visual perspective whether it's on social media and they're seeing some sort of clip that went viral across instagram tiktok twitter etc but i do still think there are pure audio clips that are just going viral as well right so a lot of people believe to have a podcast, you need to have the visual element, which you don't, but people like it. People like sharing their content in as many ways as possible. So for those who have the means and the access to record their podcast and also have the video, I don't really see a problem with sharing the video as well. You know, the people who listen to your content, just audio are going to be different than the people that listen or watch your content just visually. So I think if you can capture two audiences for one, go right ahead. Monetize on all the platforms. Make as much as you can. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's true fact as far as monetization goes. Um, also, I wanted to ask about, you know, what, what the future of podcasts look like? You know, we're seeing that in the other markets like the U.S. now, it's becoming very big business. You know, we're seeing Spotify give exclusive deals to podcast shows, you know, paying people millions of dollars. What do you think the trends or the future predictions are for podcasting in Africa? Will we see more, I guess, platforms go after these big name podcasters to be exclusive on their shows? Um, will we see more monetization um, trends as far as sponsors going on? What do you see from your perspective as the future of podcasting in Africa? Hmm. Well, I have to dream on that one because I think that with a with such a rich history of storytelling the opportunity here is so limitless in my opinion i think africa could be the largest podcasting market in the world 
I'm not sure what that means in terms of advertising dollars or what's spent. But when you look at radio and you look how impactful it's been and how comfortable people are with the audio medium, it makes sense that the fastest digital market in the world would adopt podcasting. So in terms of trends, what I can certainly tell you is that I think there are going to be more podcasts, more podcast listeners, more advertisers in the space, more live shows, more people selling merch, more people curious what podcasting is, more people looking to add it as a vertical to their content distribution. So I would say more is more. We're going to see just more in general. But I think that with such a strong audio culture, we have no idea how big this could become. And I'm excited to see how African creators demand the space in terms of digital audio. And I hope that all of us who are currently here and pieces of infrastructure like Afropods responsibly make decisions that ultimately push those creators forward to get closer to viability when it comes to following their dreams. That's a, that's a good point. Do you also see legacy media maybe veering to podcast? I know that sometimes if you have the old radio stations, the old media, um, companies, like new stations stuff. Do you think they might also try to veer into podcasting to capture a more young audience? Absolutely. I'm not sure if it's just for the young audience or if it's because they're looking to expand their offering. But I actually mm-hmm. have been doing work for the last year, a year and a half with BBC. And I speak at their digital media leaders conference on digital transformation. So basically I come in as an audio expert and explain what the audio opportunity is when it comes to traditional media entering this transformation into a more digital company. So yes, I think that business are, businesses are exploring what podcasting could look like as a vertical or as an addition into their company. I think we are still very young and we have to recognize that these things take time to grow and it is a labor of love. But I also believe that we are in a position where the change is happening and we all have to just be ready to ride the wave. That's good too. So I think I have a couple of last questions. I want to talk about just Afropods for a second. Um, I wanted to ask about like when you actually started Afropods, like what were you seeing that you decided that you wanted to create a platform specifically for African podcasts? So I was appointed as CEO two and a half years ago. So I stepped into this business and then sat with it with my team and we executed on this idea. And my most North star in this is the creator and making sure that the creator is primary in every decision we make. It was of the utmost importance to have a platform that was not just good for Africa, but good globally. Because the goal here is to distribute these stories, break down barriers to entry, come from contribution, bridge the gap between the continent and the diaspora, as well as memorialize these languages and ultimately get this content out. It is such an exciting time for Africa. And I think that you hear that a lot as this buzzy quote, but the reality of it is that Africa is exporting like culture on this global stage. It's no longer just importing 
what's cool or what's happening over there. Now it's everyone's curious about Afrobeats. I'm a piano. Everyone wants to wear Ankara. People want to come to Ghana for the year of return. Burner Boy is selling out O2. Ashoka is in New York. And people are genuinely curious. When it comes to creators, you have the Elsa Majimbos that's getting signed to Creative Art and Agency in LA. You have global superstars like Beyonce releasing Black is King. You have movies like Black Panther coming out selling over a billion dollars worth of tickets at the box office. And I think that when you put all this together, when you see how integrated Africa, African society is into digital media, when you get a chance to finally hear Africans tell their stories the way they want to, which has never happened before, this means that Africa's time is now. This means, especially with such a strong comfort with the audio medium that stories are going to transcend countries lines and continent borders and i'm excited to be part of that so it really is not just understanding oh there's a podcast wave boom happening in the west whether it's europe or or the us we're now seeing emerging markets become really interested in podcasting whether it's brazil or parts of south america or Asia or the continent. And I think that what we see a lot of times is that the continent is under-resourced. They don't get the same amount of financial resources to develop and explore ideas and opportunities to grow in the way that some of these other markets can. And we have such an advantage here because we're so comfortable with audio. We're so comfortable with radio. We're so comfortable with stories. And I'm really, really excited to see what happens because ultimately, if you can capture the market and the audience, the money will come. It's about doing it responsibly and making sure that the African stays at the center of it. I think the diaspora is going to be incredibly important, but I also think we need to remain hyper-focused on the continent and making sure that we're building something that makes sense for the African on the ground. Yeah, that, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Thanks. And of course, Afropods is building that. So, would Afropods trying to capture or just get a collection of African podcasts to distribute to other networks? Um, do you see other, I guess, bigger names like, let's say, Spotify, Boomplay, do you see them as competitors or do you see them as enablers? Hmm, good question. Well, I think that when it comes to, when it comes to bigger players like Spotify or Boomplay, like you said, I think that we are in a position where everyone, like I said earlier, is a pioneer. Everyone here is building the industry together. And ultimately, if my North Star is the creators, what we care about is making sure that the creators get to take up space. So Spotify entering the market validates that the podcasts are happening and that the podcasters need resources. Afropods winning supports that the podcasters are curious and they need resources. Boomplay adding podcasts shows that podcasting matters and it's growing. And I think that all of that ultimately benefits the creator. So do I see people as competition? I mean, by nature of definition, they are competition. But I do think that we're not talking about a full pie right now. We're talking about a piece of the pie. And I don't know if it really makes sense to take a piece of the pie when the pie ultimately needs to get bigger. We are going to see more podcasts. We are going to see more creators. And I think that 
we need to help each other as much as we can to make sure that these creators get to take up space, which is, you know, part of the reason why I was so excited about that magazine that you mentioned earlier. It validates podcasting, it validates the podcasters, and that continues to put the creators in the best light possible. And it continues to, you know, support multinational businesses coming in and wanting to support creators. It supports what Afropods is doing and, and showcases that on a large scale. So technically, yes, there's competition, but I do think that we have an opportunity to collaborate. Awesome. So one last question that I have before I let you go. So what are Afropods, um, I guess, roadmap for the future? What are you guys working on as far as, you know, getting bigger, trying to make your name out there and get more podcasts on board? Like what's your roadmap for the future? The secret stuff or the public stuff? Um, if you can get secret stuff, I'm all for Don't it. Don't be like that. You think I'm going to give you the secret stuff, Joe? Be serious. <laughs> no, um, we have a lot of really exciting things in the pipeline. I think obviously the biggest thing that we're always working on is monetization. We do have a payment rail provider. We do have a support that can do a dynamic ad insertion, which is the global leader. We are basically set up and now it comes the logistics, the legal, the policy, the fraud concerns. And we're having conversations and have been having conversations about that for months. So that's like the biggest thing that we're working on. We've already kind of solidified the UX and the UI of what the dashboard for the creator would look like from a payments perspective. So this is not just being built now. This is almost ready to go. We just have to make sure that we're doing it responsibly. Additionally, like I mentioned about two weeks ago, we announced our broadcast to podcast initiative, which basically is turning the radio into evergreen content. Um, we have over a hundred radio stations in eight markets that are using our product and it's super exciting. So we announced that via a press release. We should be having more advancements with that. I'm hoping before Africa podcast day in February, we'll have something to announce then. Our technical roadmap is always being worked on and our Trello is constantly full to the brim. For those who are listening, Trello is kind of like a to-do list that you move things from mm -hmm. ideas to in, in progress to done. So we always have something in Trello, but I think that our biggest things right now are monetization, broadcast to podcast, and making sure that we are constantly fixing the bugs that happen. Because as you know, all tech breaks down. Uh, even mm -hmm. WhatsApp goes down sometimes. And startups don't get as much grace as these bigger companies. So there are problems with a startup. I think that we are very, very lucky to have such wonderful podcasters on the platform, people who are willing to let us know when things are not to their liking or when they need a specific stat or they want something different. We're very open to that, to that feedback loop. But we are looking to constantly get better at our bugs work on monetization, and ultimately continue to grow broadcast to podcast. Cool. Okay, and one last question, and you can say yes or no. Are you guys raising money in the future? Yes. From VCs? Yes. Joe, you have some money to give me? Oh, I wish I did. I wish I had money on my own. <laughs> <Me too>. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, uh, yeah. we're currently fundraising. Uh, we are talking to investors and working with a board and 
doing our best to make sure that we can continue to build out this incredible platform and make sure that we can continue to support podcasters and be hyper uh, visible in the industry and make sure that African creatives know, specifically audio creatives, specifically podcasters, that they can have a home at Afropods and we are happy to have them and happy to host their content. Awesome. I think we can leave it there. So thank you, Molly. Thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Joe. It's really, really amazing to talk to your listeners and I hope that we get to do this again soon. Awesome. We definitely will. One, two, three.